Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Utah's best athletes count on flexibility, speed, strength. And the Jazz pick up their 22nd assist. So they count on University of Utah help. Brielle Soleil puts this game away. And so can you. Leading doctors, a world-class environment, award-winning innovation, care to be great. 14 unanswered by the Utes. University of Utah Health, caring for Utah's best and yours. Schedule your appointment now at uofuhealth.org slash care to be great. The noon hour is here. Check it out. And you're locked on to Utah's highest rated, most listened to sports radio station. It's my station. It's my station. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Welcome on in, 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Was I supposed to bring those other headsets down from that studio? Probably, yeah. Because I don't like these at all. You these are awful. Don't. Lloyd has given me grief the other day because I used to bring in my own headphones, and now I don't do that anymore. Because sometimes I leave them, and then when I leave them, then they get stolen. Mm-hmm. Like, whew, gone. Gone. Nobody's stealing these because nobody wants these. Those yeah. look like a 1982 yeah. old school tape cassette Walkman type headphone yeah these are awful it was funny because jake scott asked me so he's like do you have your own headset i'm like yeah because i'm a grown-up so yeah i do who said that jake Jake. here's the thing even back in the old old 1280 days where i used to have that uh little cubicle right next to remember our buddy trent falcone Mm -hmm. and uh, i used to carry have my headphones in this little drawer and every day jake would just walk up open the drawer take the headphones and leave and i'm like (laughs) Please, thank you. Like any of that, he didn't care. He prima knocked those headphones. <laughs> he yeah, he came did. in and took it. Yeah, but was it granted by the king? That's well. Here's the thing: Jake has a way of just wearing you down, where it's just like, oh, fine, whatever, just go. Yeah. Just take it. Oh, I feel the same. Yeah, because he will. He'll just keep hammering you and hammering you and hammering you. Just whatever, man. Anyway, how are you? By the way, you good? I'm really good. I am actually fantastic. Feeling really good about the show today. We are loaded with topics. I spent I spent uh, the entire evening down at BYU Spring Ball, chatting with coaches and taking in some observations and just trying to 
build as much a realistic resume for this roster as possible. Um, I've got some things I'm excited about, and I've got some things that I'm not feeling real good about. So we'll go through some of those things. Uh, there's a lot of work to do for BYU, Scotty. Yeah. A tremendous amount of work. You know the first question anybody's going to ask you, though. What? How does the quarterback look? Uh, um, do we need to wait? Should we tease that? Yeah, let's let's see. Do you want to do that for the starter? Yeah, we can do that. What do you want to do for the starter? We can talk BYU hoops. Mm, mm, <laughs> can we not? <laughs> we just did. That's oh, done. Man. One of the worst bets in the history, or worst bad beats in the history of gambling. Oh my gosh, it was so bad. Well, that is one of the craziest things I've ever heard. Oh, I was screaming at my TV. Not that I had any, I did not have a dog in that fight. You know, I'll lay I'll lay some Skittles every now and then on games. But I do have, like, I don't have a lot of scruples, but one is I don't bet on in-state teams. Like, I just don't, because I think that affects the way that we, or at least that I look at games and talk about games and all that stuff. So I, I may be a little morally flexible on some stuff, but that I try to, uh, to avoid. And uh, last night, if I had money on BYU in that game, I would have lost my mind. People probably have no idea. Well, BYU fans that watched it might. But So the line was, we'll get into, you know, we'll break the game down a little later, but the line itself was... And I'll do Keaton Slovis coming up here in the starter. We'll talk about that. So. Was six and a half. So St. Mary's, if you don't know, was a six and a half point favorite. Um, the line was plus six and a half for BYU. Um, so the game, BYU is just getting handed it to them. I mean, they're down 26. This game feels like it's going to be a 30-point blowout. And then all of a sudden, uh, for whatever reason, St. Mary's can't figure out how to break a press. And BYU starts forcing turnovers and turnovers. They start hitting big shots. And before you know it, uh, that lead is cut all the way down to, I believe it got as close as three before finally St. Mary's kind of righted the ship and you knew they were going to win the game. So it's a six-point game. Remember, the line in this one is BYU plus six and a half. So you could have BYU lose. If you have money on BYU, you can have BYU lose that game by six points and still win your bet. Yeah. Great. So it is a six-point game, and BYU comes down, final possession. If you've got money on the Cougars, you're, feeling, you're loving life right now because whatever – Whatever happens, they make a shot. That's great. If not, Gonzaga or excuse me, St. Mary's is going to rebound. The game's over anyway. They're not going to take another shot. So sure enough, and B- officials should solve with a whistle. Yeah, sure enough, BYU takes their last desperation shot, misses it, falls into the lap of a St. Mary's player with about I want to say two two and a half seconds left, and BYU a player and I don't know which player it was just starts slapping at that player like the intentional fouls, and you know the ref did not want to call it. But the, the hits just keep on coming. This guy just keeps slapping and slapping and slapping, looking for the intentional foul. And finally, with .9 seconds left, the official's like, fine, I got to call it. So he blows his whistle. Does he? I don't think he has to, but he does. Because you can tell that this player was trying to intentionally foul. The intent was there to foul. And so finally, the ref's like, all right, fine. I'm blowing the whistle. Blows the whistle. And everybody in Vegas that's got money on BYU has got to be losing their mind. Everybody's got to be upset. Because now, 
St. Mary's goes to the line, two free throws. Kid misses the first free throw, so you're thinking, oh, it might be a chance here. Makes the second one. And, and puts it on the over. Puts it on the seven points. And so anybody who had BYU plus six and a half lost, thanks to a BYU player intentionally fouling with .9 seconds left. <laughs> so just so everybody's very aware, the world of sports gambling is much different than it was 10 years ago. Yeah. What are we at, 38 states now? or Oh, I don't know the number, but it's a good number. 40-something states? It'll end up being allowing. Four, it'll end up being forty nine, and we won't. We'll, we'll be the holdout, and we'll be the holdout. <laughs> and people are just going to keep crossing the border. Yeah, I know a person or two that just hops over the Arizona border from time to time and places the bet necessary. Because what's weird, and just to explain this to people, it is that the craziest thing. It's the, it's a literal boundary. Yeah, and once you cross the boundary. Of state lines, you could just walk feet into that boundary, and you could place the bet. Yeah. Anybody that's in St. George understands that there is a boundary wall that is just maybe half mile out of town. It's absolutely bizarre. Yeah. But I don't do the sports betting thing, but if I and mainly because of those kinds of things, I couldn't imagine having big time bucks on that game and having that happen. Yeah. You would absolutely think there's a conspiracy. Yeah. That it's all set up and it's all fake. Point nine seconds, I had this thing. I took BYU to cover because I thought BYU was going to win this thing. I took BYU to cover, and that's how I'm going to lose it. An official <laughs> calling a foul with point nine seconds left when the game doesn't even matter. Yeah. Oh, wow. oh. I felt sick. Yeah, that would be... Because, you know, look, I know a lot of BYU fans go drove down to Vegas, probably felt a little confident with their teams after a couple of wins and thought, hey, we played St. Mary's close, and they did. But that one free throw, holy moly. Um, yeah, so that was, that was unfortunate to see. But um, now BYU basketball has to turn the page. We'll talk more about that game coming up here in a bit. I will be in Vegas tomorrow getting ready for the Mountain West Conference Tournament. I might try to sneak over to uh, Utah's first game, too, tomorrow night. Can you believe you're having to avoid another storm? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to leave bright and early tomorrow morning so I can get down there in time for the show. Did K-Bank give you the heads up I on this one? I did not get a head, heads up on K- from K-Bank. Maybe I'll reach out to him. You might as well double check it. Yeah. I don't know. I just don't want to be that guy that keeps asking, hey, is there's, there's oh, Yeah, but storm? I think that he understands because it's, it's your related. job. Yeah. It's not like, you know, like, hey, I'm going to think about Taking the kids to St. George. What's it looking like down there? And I'd like to start to think that we've built a bit of a relationship with K-Bank. Like he's kind of one of us. We have. I, I think he's actually added us to his like his favorites. I think we're like – On the, his phone. I mean, honestly, we could say that K-Bank's like the fourth member of the show. Yeah. Yeah. And I bumped into him maybe a week or so ago, and I gave him some real inside information. Oh, really? Yeah. I gave him some real inside information on some news that's probably going to break in about two weeks. Oh. Oh, okay. Or so. Gotcha. You know what I'm talking about. I, yeah. I've, I've heard some rumblings. So I gave him that inside information. So there's there's some exchange there. I don't know. Have, See, I, you give him information like that so you can get information yeah. about weather. Well, it's like the old Adam Schefter thing. Yes. Adam Schefter talks about how he shares information for teams to get some info out there 
and shares other stuff that he's hearing around the league to teams secretly so that they will then share their info with him. It's a give and take. Like, I feel like we're getting weather information that not everybody's getting. Well, my fear is when you <laughs> yeah, my but that's my fear is calling K Bank and saying, Hey Kevin, and we're talking about Kevin Eubank, chief meteorologist for KSL. Hey Kevin, um what's happening tonight with the weather? And him saying, Just watch my forecast tonight. Because a lot of times that's what I'll tell people when they ask me for sports stuff. Oh, so what do you think about the game this upcoming weekend? Did you listen to the show? Because we talked about it for about three hours today. So if you'd listen to the show, yeah, but I know, but between you and I, I'm like, no, there is no between you and I. Hey, subscribe to the podcast and get the information there. I absolutely put my beliefs on air because that's what I'm paid to do. So go listen to the show. So I'm always a little bit nervous that K-Bank will be like, did you look at the – and say, yeah, but I understand, but I want it more like locally. Yeah. I want – More personalized for me and my needs. That's what I would like. Yeah. And I'm sure he'd help you. Guys, I don't know about the two of you. I am obsessed with forecasting now. I – I don't, I, I don't I, know if that comes with ear and nose hair. Like all of a sudden you grow a little bit of nose hair and you're like, wow, forecasts are really important to me. And lower back pain. You get a touch of lower back pain. Yeah. There was a reason the show at that started at 3 o'clock back in the day used to always start with the weather. They did? Godfather wanted a weather report. <laughs> Godfather was always talking about the weather to start the show. It's like, okay. Well, always. I mean, I do think there's a certain element, and, and it's age, too. Like, I never care. Like, if it snowed, fine. If it didn't snow, I don't care. I'm driving through it. Doesn't yes. bother me one bit. I don't even need the information because I'm just going to go right I'm, through it. it. Does, it's not going to change my opinion one way or another. I'm just going to plow right through it. Yeah. It's not going to even be a big deal. And now I'm like, huh? I better beat it. I better beat that storm. And but here's the thing: I'm never like, I'm never worried about getting in a wreck or anything. I'm worried about just being delayed and uh, just having to yeah. sit on a road forever while you got four semis well, in front of you that can't th- climb a hill. That has changed dramatically since our youth. Yeah. Since you and I were in college, when you were at Utah State and I was at BYU, and we're going through our college experiences, you could leave either Logan or Provo, and you could head to Vegas on any given day, and you knew you weren't going to hit traffic in between. Yeah. Nowadays, you get a little storm that comes through that Cedar City area, and you will be backed up for miles and just creeping along. Yeah. So I totally get that. You have to be smart between here and Vegas. And that's like... You know, we were driving home through that storm on Saturday from Cache Valley, and my wife and my youngest are like, oh, is it? I'm like, oh, we're fine. We're fine. Don't worry about it. We'll be okay. It's just going to take a lot longer. And that's the annoying part. It's going to take a lot. But you're right. I am dialed in on weather more than I ever. I've got like three weather apps. I got all this stuff that I'm like, ooh, yeah. you know, this high pressure storm, blah, blah, blah. Like I, I missed, I, I fell asleep before K-Bank's deal last night, so I woke up early this morning. And pulled it up. And it looks like this weekend we got another blustering storm coming through. About the time that you're wrapping up the Mount West Conference tournament and headed home. Stupid. I think Saturday and Sunday it's supposed to be sideways snow. So if Utah State gets themselves into the finals. Yes, on Saturday. On Saturday, you're either going to be trying to drive home on Saturday or Sunday. And it's going to be horrible. By the way, I only say, well, I say this in part because our good friend Nate is over in the other studio. Oh. Oh. Hi, Nate. Hey, 
Hey, no, boss. no, we're doing a lot of cross-promoting here. There's a lot of good work we're doing yeah, here. Yeah, we've been talking about Kevin Eubank a lot. Yeah. Um, on Saturday, if Utah State does make it to the championship game, how how about this lineup all going on at the same time with Bonneville Properties? We got a Real Salt Lake game playing their first home game. We got a Utah State Mountain West Conference championship game and a Utah Jazz game going all on the same time. That is a busy day. Yeah. How does that break down? Uh, it would be the Jazz on 97.5. Uh, RSL on eleven sixty, and the Jazz and Utah State on twelve eighty. There you go. Put it in the books. We got it all covered for you. That's the thing. You're home for everything's right here on the zone. It is. It's it's fun to be a part of it. All right, let's get to it. Starting the lineup right now. Ninety seven five, the KSL Sports Zone. This is Hanson Scotty G. Let's go. The lineup is set, and it's time to kick off the show with the biggest topic of the day. This is the starting lineup on 97.5, the KSL Sports Song. It is time for your starting lineup right here on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Hans Olsen, Scott Gerard, your starting lineup is always brought to you by our good friends over at Lee's Heating and Air. Their award-winning line of America's standard furnaces and air conditioners are available now. Call Lee's right now for a $59 furnace tune-up or visit them online at leesheatac.com. Hans, you were down at BYU spring practice, the first spring practice of any team here in the state of Utah. Mm-hmm. Um, Keaton Slovis. Um Dark Horse Heisman Trophy candidate? I'm, I'm sorry, I'm joking. Why you got to do that? I don't know, because we all have a... They, everybody kind of makes fun of the media. Of like, we'll all build somebody up before we see them. And then when they don't live up to the expectations that we have for them, then we tear them, tear them apart. Yeah. So I'm joking. In reality, though, a lot of people want to know about quarterback play down there. So it was just helmets and obviously jerseys and shorts. Yes. So it's more of a seven-on-seven than it is an actual team period or actually any type of scrimmage. And I could see that the ends were coming off the edge, but they were quitting after about their second or third step. So there's no pressure. Yeah, It's just Keaton taking a snap, stepping in the pocket, and trying to deliver on time. Uh, timing was way off. Just way off. I... I'm sure that it is a huge learning process between Aaron Roderick and Fessy Sataki. There are so many different working parts to the throwing game. So many working parts. And I could see that the cranks were going bonkers in his head. So those things should come along. You would hope that they'll just naturally come along. He starts to understand his reads and the different route trees and different expectations on motions and things that so he can hit his timing. His timing was off. I saw a couple of misthrows. I saw one that was a really bad misthrow. And it was like, geez, that's that's ugly. So you got all this that I'm watching, I'm like that, I don't like that, I'm I don't like this, that's not real good. Then he takes the snap and he take it's a three step drop. And it's a it's a one pump throw to a streak, and the guy that was on the route is a guy named Dom Henry. He's a wide receiver out of Florida, and he's fast. And he was locked up with some corner, and they were screaming down the field. And Keaton Slovis put it in the basket at about forty five yards through the air, as perfect 
placement as it possibly could have been. A lot of quarterbacks can do that when there's no pressure. A lot of quarterbacks can actually make that throw. Not 90% of the time, not 80% of the time, but they'll hit that throw. But there was something about the release and that connection that felt really good, very positive to hit the -the over-the-top route. So that was like the one real positive moment. I think that his body does look good. You know, he's a six foot three build, and I think his body looks good. I can I can tell that his arm is very mature, but it's going to take some time. Yeah, you know I I don't like seeing errant throws. I don't like seeing missed throws and watching the timing be slow. I just you have to stop and put it in perspective and say, oh hold on hold on hold on, just relax. It's his first. I think he was there through the month of February, maybe yeah. throwing with these guys. But as far as Aaron Roderick is looking down your, you know, back, just kind of like, what's what's your, what are you all what about? What do we got here? Festus Sataki doing the same. Those two are, they're kind of intimidating, those two guys. They're they're a bit intimidating. It's not like Aaron Roderick's this massive man and he's, he's not this overly boisterous, hey, you got to hit that throw. He's not that guy. But he just put one guy in the first round of the draft a couple of years ago, and he's got another guy that feels like he's kind of fallen off the draft, probably going to be a six, seven round, more likely undrafted. But still, a, an NFL-type quarterback. He's going to get a shot in the NFL. And there has been plenty of success in the receiving game. So <clears throat> I think that Slovis sees it. I think he knows it. He sees the expectations, and he's playing hesitant. But he'll come along. I've got high hopes for him. I don't know if he's going to meet those hopes, but I got high hopes for him. I, I'm hoping for a Bo Nix like year from him. And you and I kind of went through that: how Bo progressed, when he transferred, how he transferred, and Keaton has one more stop than Bo had. Bo was with Auburn until he made that jump to Oregon. Keaton was with USC, then Pitt, and. Now with BYU, he's been through some different operations. I still think that he's, I still think he's got the the veteran touch, and I'm hoping that he really does find whatever that magic was he had his freshman year. Because he hasn't had a year like it. Yeah, well, since his freshman year, certainly capable of it. And I think this is a good system for him to be in, and good coaches to have around him as well. Two big problems that I'm observing just right out of the gates for BYU. There might be an answer for one of them. I don't know if there's an answer for the other. The kicking game is going to be a complete mess if they don't find something. They've got to find kickers. And they ran a pressure game on them yesterday, and it was bad all over the place. It was really bad. So hopefully the the kickers come around. And and again, this is just our observation time that we have. Again, day one. yeah, Day one, our observation. And the other thing that I'm worried about is edge pressure. And I've got a couple of guys that I'm going to be watching to present that edge pressure. And I've got some hopes for guys. Um, Ice Moa was a big-time recruit. He's out of North Ogden. He played at Weber High School. He's got incredible lineage. Like, this kid is a hybrid athlete. Yeah, he comes from... He's got lineage, football lineage coming out of his ears. Yeah. 
His uncle played ball at BYU. His dad played ball at Utah. His mom is an incredible athlete. His dad, and I know his dad extremely well, his dad is one of the freakiest athletes I've ever been around in my entire life. Freaky strong. Freak, freaky fast, yes. Yeah. So I have put a lot of expectation on Ice Moa to pick up because he's going to be playing what they they call the OE. And the, the OE just lines up on the weak side and they've got all kinds of rush responsibilities and and that OE is going to have to take on some different motions and poles and it's going to be a heavy responsibility for him. But he's one guy that I've circled. The other one that I'm circling that I'm hoping shows up is a guy that just came off his mission, Michael Daly. He's uh, out of Lone Peak High School, and he was a high school freak. He's the guy you liked out of high school, right? Well, his brother, John Henry Daly, oh, that's, yeah, that's... is the one that I've got circled that can't wait till he's back off his mission. But Michael Daly is supposed to have some dog himself, so I'm hoping for that. And then offensive line, I thought, looked good. I think your leading receiver, right out of the gates, if I had to make a prediction, I think Isaac Rex will probably lead you in receiving, yard, receiving yards if if he stays healthy because he looks different. Hmm. He doesn't look like he's looked over the last two years with injuries and whatever it was, a compound fracture that he dealt with. He looks a ton better. But, yeah, I've got questions about Keaton. I've got questions. And I think that's fair. All right, Hans and Scotty, Mark's hanging out with us from Wasatch Medical, 801-901-8000. You call that number right now, and you'll have an opportunity to uh, meet with a physician. And again, if you're having some struggles, now's the time to get it taken care of. Absolutely. And guys have to realize that ED is a physical problem. It's a lack of blood flow in most cases. And also understand that this does not get better on its own. You need to do something about this. If you're one of those guys taking the pills, you know the difficulty with the pills. There are timing issues. There can be side effects. Both of those can get in the way of the desired outcome. Wasatch Medical Clinic, we have a breakthrough treatment. It is called acoustic wave therapy. The great thing about acoustic wave therapy, it is treating the root cause of ED. It is getting that blood flowing where and when you need it the most by repairing blood vessels. The other great thing here, guys, there is no pain involved. There are no side effects, and there is no downtime with this procedure. And the physician, uh, meeting with the physician, the ultrasound, that's all free. Yes, absolutely. Your initial meeting, yeah, call today, guys. You will get the initial assessment, uh, the exam, the blood flow ultrasound with our doctor at no cost. In addition to that, you'll receive a gift which can provide rapid results for those intimate moments. Call today, though, guys. Don't put this off any longer. It's not going to get better on its own. The number, 801-901-8000, 801-901-8000. That number again, 801-901-8000. Coming up next, we'll chat with Tony Pauline. Uh, get his thoughts on exactly what went down at the Combine for some of the local players. It's all straight ahead right here on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Wherever you go, the zone will be right there with you every step of the way. It's the all-new KSL Sports app. I love it. Where you can listen to the zone wherever you may be. Listen to me, this stuff is available everywhere. It's your new home for streaming the zone and getting all the latest news, insight, and analysis of the teams you can't live without. It's the all-new KSL Sports app. Available now wherever you shop for apps. I'm Dave Cauley 
investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. You're locked on to Hans Olsen and Scotty Cheer. Cheer, cheer. That's right, yeah! On 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Something takes a part of me. Something lost and never seen. Hans Olsen, Scott Gerard, 97.5, the KSL Sports uh, Zone. Time to check in with NFL draft analysts at the ProFootballNetwork.com. Tony Pauline, kind enough to join us. Tony, how are you? Hey, Tony. Thanks for having me. It's busy, busy time for you, for sure. The Combine is in the rearview mirror. Obviously, uh, we cover Utah, BYU, Utah State very closely, and Blake Freeland certainly opened up a lot of eyes with the Combine numbers. Just how much did he increase his draft stock based on his workout? Well, I, I mean, obviously, he's going to get some second looks. Uh, you got to remember, he was at the Senior Bowl, and he showed some good things at the Senior Bowl as well. He wasn't consistently dominant, but he was, you know, he was solid throughout the three days of practice, and then he goes to the combine. The four nine eight is, is solid. The, the one six eight ten split is what you know is outstanding. As is the thirty seven inch vertical jump. I, I mean, he absolutely helped himself. He's got to get a little bit stronger. He's got to add some uh, some bulk to that frame. I don't know that he is NFL ready. I don't think any team is going to take him, you know, in the second round, thinking that they're going to plug him into the starting lineup come September. He's more of a guy that's probably a year away. He's got to spend a year in the uh, NFL weight training uh, program. But when you're that big and you're that athletic, teams say, hey, you know what, a year or two down the road, this guy could be something. So he absolutely helped himself. Tony, what position group can help themselves the most in a combine performance? Well, it's a good question. You know, the quarterbacks throw well. That is that that will help them. I, I think the better way to look at it is what groups can hurt themselves more because a, a cornerback group or receiver group I think can really hurt themselves. There are some defensive backs. Anthony Johnson of Virginia, for example, ran in the mid four sixes. He basically fell out of the draft. You look at the two safeties from Florida, uh, Dean and Torrance. They were in the four sevens. I mean, they're not going to be drafted now. So I think it's more of a situation where guys can go there, and if they run terrible times, especially the speed guys, uh, they're going to really hurt themselves significantly. If an offensive lineman goes there and runs a 4-3-2, he's a good <laughs> player on film, and he's got the measurables, he's not really going really to hurt himself all that much. So Clark Phillips is a guy that I don't think ran the time that he wanted to in the 40, but uh, did he hurt? Did he help himself? Where, where, is, where does he stand in your eyes? Yeah, and I, I didn't think his position work was all that good. You know, you're talking about a guy that's barely five foot nine, 184 pounds. 
Uh, so if, uh, four five one isn't a bad time. The short shuttle was a little bit slow, but uh, you know it's more than just the times. It's the position work because they put up through all the position drills, and they do put them through drills that they're going to have to uh, expect it to take part in at the next level through, with NFL techniques. I really didn't think Clark Phillips helped himself. I didn't think he was all that great. And then you look at the measurables, uh, the arms that's under 30 inches. Uh, I, I think now we're, people were talking about Clark Phillips as a, a potential top 45 choice. I think now you're looking at third round because, you know, he's maybe a nickelback at the next level. He's not going to be a starter. So you look at a guy like Clark Phillips and he goes out there and tests and he runs the times and puts himself out there. Would it be would it have been more wise for him to not participate in these drills? No, not at all, because you always got the pro day. I mean, if he bypasses the combine and then says, does it all at the, at the pro day, and he doesn't perform well at the pro day, he's got no contingency plan. There's nothing else for him. I, I think with Phillips at 5'9", that's the bigger issue because, you know, everybody wants a six-foot cornerback today as a starter. And, and really, four five one, yeah, it's not the time that he wanted, and there were a lot of corners that ran in the four threes. It's not a horrible time. It, it's, not, uh, it, it's not a terrible time. You look at the four five one. you look at the 33-inch vertical jump, you look at the four three two, and you're like, well, you know, is he that athletic? I mean, how much more can he improve for that? Or is that the type of athlete that Clark Phillips really is? So everybody always gravitates towards the quarterbacks. Uh, Jaron Hall at BYU uh, looked like his stock is was rising throughout the season then may have plateaued a bit. Where do you stand on him, and uh, what kind of range do you think he may get drafted in? If he gets drafted, it's going to be very late. He was kind of all over the place at the senior ball. I thought he threw the ball much better at the combine. I think the thing with Jaron Hall is, you know, he's going to have to work on his footwork. He's going to have to work on his drops from underneath center, although that's not done all that much these days. You could tell that Jaron Hall looked like he almost exclusively took snaps out of a shotgun. And when he was asked to drop back, his footwork was all over the place. To answer your question, you're looking at a six-round uh, type of prospect who's more of a developmental guy. I don't know that Jaron Hall will ever be anything other than a number two quarterback at the next level. So when you weigh the combine performance and the combine numbers from an NFL scout's perspective and put it against pro day numbers that are run in your arena or your stadium or your gymnasium, how much weight do they put in the combine numbers as compared to what they see at a pro day? Yeah, the combine is always going to take precedence. You know, not just the numbers, but the position work. Because most of these guys, this is the first time they ever stepped on the field at Lucas Oil Stadium. And, you know, you talk about the quarterbacks and the receivers. These, guys, these players are, are strangers to one another. They just met each other. So <clears throat> more precedence is always put on the excuse me, the combine versus the pro day, the pro day, which is in a favorable condition, the pro days, which usually have hard tracks. I mean, you know, you look at some of the Penn State uh, times and, and, and recent pro days, they were just absolutely out of sight. And oftentimes scouts will add, you know, five one hundredths of a second. So if a guy runs a four three five, uh, so a four three zero, they may add five one hundredths of a second and make it a four three five. Absolutely more credence uh, more emphasis is put on the combine versus the pro day, which is why you should work out at the combine unless you're injured. Another local player I want to get your thoughts on, a wide receiver, Puka Nakua. 
Uh, did he help himself at the combine, and what does the range look for him? Yeah, I, I mean, caught the ball very well, ran decent routes, had a couple good days uh, of practice at the senior ball. And remember, the combine is just you know part of the uh, you know, part of the process. I, I think you're looking with him as a day three sort of possession receiver at the next level. He's definitely helped himself, you know, since January started at the Senior Bowl and the Combine. Uh, he, maybe he's a number three at the next level at best, uh, but he's a good pass catcher. You throw him the ball, you know he's going to catch it. I, I liked his route running. I thought his route running was better than expected, you know, for, for a bigger guy. So uh, there's no doubt uh, he helped himself when you, <clears throat> excuse me, when you look at this as well as what he did during uh, Senior Bowl practices before he got a little dinged up. One of the more bizarre situations that happened throughout the combine and something that was nationally reported on was Georgia defensive lineman Jalen Carter and his situation. The arrest warrant that brought him back to Georgia, he had to leave. Then he went back to Indianapolis to finish out the combine process. And, you know, there's some heavy accusations against him. Uh, Reckless driving, racing, and potentially being around that area when his former teammate and one of the assistants both passed away. How does this affect him and his draft standing and his potential in the NFL? Never mind the fact that, you know, people said he outright lied to police. He kept changing his story, which is, you know, another red flag because teams are concerned about his trustworthiness. You know, from a legal point of view, it's got to end sooner rather than later for uh, Jalen Carter. The unknown will kill anybody's draft stock worse than anything else. You go back a couple years ago, you may remember the story of Lael Collins, the offensive lineman from LSU. A couple days before the, uh, I think it was the 2015 draft, story broke that police just wanted to speak with him about some text messages uh, that had to do with his ex-girlfriend who was murdered. He was never... He was never a suspect in the case. Police just wanted to, to speak with him. And Lael Collins went from a potential top 45 pick. He went undrafted because no one knew what was going to happen. So from a legal aspect, it's got to end sooner rather than later for Jalen Carter. If this is hanging over his head come draft day and there's been no resolution from a legal point of view, it's going to kill his draft stock. There's no doubt about it. After that, it's going to be in the eye of the beholder, you know, the eye of the team. The team is going to have to weigh what happened versus, you know, the immense talent that Jalen Carter uh, brings. You know, is this a one-off incident for Jalen Carter? Can he be trusted uh, moving forward? Some teams will say, we have, you know, we feel that, you know, he's going to learn from this experience and he'll be fine. Other teams will be like, we'll pass. So, you know, it's really a lot has to be played out. And there's a lot of speculation as to how it's going to affect his draft stock at this point in time. How much does uh, five foot ten hurt Bryce Young? Um, I, you know, fifteen twenty years ago, it would have hurt him. But I mean, we've had six foot quarterbacks yeah. drafted. You know, taken with the first pick of the draft. So I, I think with I don't think it's the five foot ten. I think at two hundred four pounds, teams have to decide: is that his playing weight? Can he put on 10 more pounds and get a little bit stouter? Because, you know, when you watch the film of Bryce Young, it, it's, it's phenomenal. It's a, it's a beautiful thing to watch. He's clairvoyant quarterback who knows what's going to happen before it happens. He's in tune with his receivers. But, again, you know, 5'10", 204 pounds, that's not a quarterback for, uh, for everybody. But we knew that going in. It wasn't a surprise that Bryce Young wasn't six foot tall. 
Give me the name of three or four guys through this combine that really did boost their stock that maybe went from a middle of the pack and or you know second third round and and they were able to get themselves into that first round conversation. You got to go first, I believe, with Nolan Smith of uh, Georgia, who ran faster than most of the the receivers of four three nine. I mean, Nolan Smith was a guy <clears throat> who uh, barely played in two thousand twenty two, had a pictorial injury, struggled in the early part of the season. Georgia finally shut him down. Uh, but he went out there. you got to go back. You look at the 2021 film when Georgia had four defensive players selected in the first round, and Nolan Smith was all over the place making plays. <laughs> he was one of the best defenders on that team. Has a great uh, combine workout. Interviewed incredibly well at the combine. So I think he's a guy that, you know, you're talking maybe middle, second round. He could absolutely go and uh, land in the late part of round one. I thought Christian Gonzalez and uh, really – solidified himself as the top corner in the in the draft with his workout not just the testing but the position drills were phenomenal i was not a big uh, christian gonzalez believer but when i watched him work out i i thought he was uh, absolutely solidified himself probably as a top 12 pick and then darnell washington of georgia i mean guy played at 280 pounds last year comes in at 264 pounds at the combine runs a 464 not going to be a first-round pick, but I think there were some there were some concerns. Was he a late day two pick? The big tight end from Georgia has absolutely moved into no later than the middle part of round two right now. Well, Tony, we appreciate your time. Thanks for joining us, and I look forward to catching up with you again closer to the draft. Thanks for having me, Tony Pauline, NFL draft analyst at ProFootballNetwork.com, and uh, a lot of good info. A lot of good info. A lot of info that I don't think a lot of in-state people wanted to hear. Uh, not high on Jaron Hall, not high on Clark Phillips, not high on uh, who else? Puka. Puka, Mm -hmm. uh, Barrington. So, yeah. There you go. Yep, he's definitely feeling like Jaron hasn't met the bill, and I think that we can all admit that things haven't been as good as maybe they could have been for him. And I don't know if he's still dealing with injury and is trying to overcome some things, but it seems like Senior Bowl and Combine, even though he didn't play in the Senior Bowl, the week of Senior Bowl practices, those types of things, it seems like it's kind of worked against him. And that's fine. So he'll miss out on some guaranteed money. That's what you miss out on. Yeah. But your opportunity is still going to be the same. He's still going to be put on a field somewhere and given a ball and a shot, something that Brian Johnson didn't get. Nope. Something that Jan Jorgensen didn't get. Something that a lot of guys don't get. He's going to get that chance. And so it's, all right, it's timing. What are you going to do with it now? All you hope for is a chip in a chair, right? Yeah. Just give me a chance. Yep. And then it comes down to the preparation you put into it, the, the timing, how many other quarterbacks got brought in, who else they're looking at. All that plays such a big role. And then you got to go out there and just kind of earn the money now. But there was a time where it oh, felt yeah. like he was a third-round valuation. Yeah. yeah. All right. It is a Team 49 Tuesday, which means we give away jazz tickets every hour on the hour. Caller number 12 right now, 801-575-ZONE, and you'll win a pair of tickets to see the jazz take on the Sacramento Kings coming up on March 20th at Vivint Arena. Caller number 12, again, 801-575-ZONE. That's 801-575-ZONE. Win ticket Tuesday right here on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. 
Your home for Real Salt Lake is right here on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. It's the 2023 home opener. Real Salt Lake returning to Sandy to face Austin, the team that knocked him out of the playoffs a year ago on penalties. The pregame show starts at 6.30 on the RSL Radio Network. First kick at 7.30 here on The Zone. Catch every moment of every RSL match right here on your exclusive home of Real Salt Lake. 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Looking for the latest on the Jazz, Utes, Cougars, and Aggies? Yeah! We've got you covered. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on 97.5, the Sports Zone. We're about 10 minutes away from hearing from the play-by-play voice of the Utah Jazz, David Locke. Always fun to catch up with David. So everybody's starting to see the buzz and rumors for what you may have missed, Scotty. Yeah. Right now, the New York Jets in conversations with the Green Bay Packers to move Aaron Rodgers into a Jets uniform. And I am just up in the air with Aaron Rodgers right now. I don't know how to feel or what to think about Aaron Rodgers his career and his storyline are impressive, yet a bit bizarre and sometimes underwhelming. And his attitude and his awkwardness has become a little irritating. Yes. Okay, let me throw it this way at you. If the Denver Broncos could move on Russell Wilson and bring in Aaron Rodgers right now, but it's a five- or six-year Big time dollar, maybe making him the richest quarterback in the NFL. Nah. After experiencing Russell Wilson and seeing Aaron Rodgers last year, I think Father Time's caught up with him. I think it's getting him. Yeah. And I think it's going to continue. Now, I think year, Russell Wilson's got more left in the tank than Rodgers. Now, a year ago, I would have said, no, let's go. Absolutely. Because he's coming off, what, two MVP seasons? Yeah. But, 20 and 21. But now, ugh, I don't know. So, a couple of things about Aaron Rodgers, and it just. It feels like life is getting to him, and I know that there's a bunch of backlog and backstory about his relationships and whatever his issues are in the past. I don't really want to get into it, but this is a guy that has won MVPs. It always feels like he's placing the blame on his teammates. He did win a Super Bowl. Do do people understand that that Super Bowl that he won was 12 years ago? Yeah, it's been a minute. And I think he won a Super Bowl twelve yeah. years ago. Yeah, Not twelve. Now great. he's got the MVP since, but oh yeah. But there's been a lot of seasons where he's been close, and they've been thirteen and three or twelve and four, and playing home games in an NFC Championship game, and they end up losing. Yeah, yeah. But everybody always looks at like they didn't they didn't surround him with anybody. I like he did quite a bit with not having anybody with him. I could, if I did some homework, I could probably argue that a little bit, but I feel like this was all, this all started to undo itself when Jordan Love was drafted. That's That's when he got salty, for sure. I do feel like that's when everything started to come undone. And he's, that was 2019 draft, wasn't it? No, it was a 20 draft. It was a 2020 draft. Yeah. Everything feels like it started to come undone since then. Yeah. I just feel like his attitude is not in the right place anymore. And 
he does have a Super Bowl 12 years ago, and he's got some MVPs that he can place on the mantle, but I just feel like he doesn't have a lot left to give. Yeah. So in New York now, you've got Joe Flacco who's sitting there. You've got Mike White who was taking some of the starts, and you've still got a young name and a number two overall draft pick in Zach Wilson that's sitting on your roster. So the Jets are going to have a lot of moves to make, and they got a lot of room to clear if they're going to bring on an Aaron Rodgers-like contract. Yeah, it's going to be interesting for sure. Um, and but, you but know, we know this: the Jets aren't going to win with or without him. No, no. I do think, to a certain extent, it's probably good for Zach to be able to take a year off and let Aaron Rodgers take all the media attention away from him, and just sit back and watch and try to develop. That's actually a really good point. It would be nice for. Zach to stay on that roster and stay on the bench behind yeah. him. Nobody Just cares. Don't try to learn much from him. <laughs> don't. Nobody cares anything about Zach Wilson right now. Zach is on the back burner, and he can just sit back, not be in the tabloids, and just yeah, just try to develop. It's where he needs to be for a bit. Yep. All right, Mark's with us from Wasatch Medical, 801-901-8000. If there's guys out there struggling inside the bedroom, um, I think a lot of them out there feel like, all right, I got to go take the little blue pill for the rest of my life. That's not the case. You can actually address and fix the problem instead of just providing a Band-Aid. Yeah, absolutely. And the, the blue pill has been around for a quarter of a century now, believe it or not. The problem with the blue pill is it only treats the symptoms. It gives a guy a temporary increase in blood flow. The difficulties are with the timing. You have to plan everything out. In addition to that, the potential side effects, both of those can get in the way of the desired outcome. At Wasatch Medical Clinic, we have a breakthrough treatment. It is called acoustic wave therapy. And rather than just treating the symptoms, we are treating the root cause. We, with our acoustic wave therapy, are helping to open up those blood vessels, repair those blood vessels, and that gives that guy a increase in blood flow where and when he needs it the most. And importantly here, it allows that spontaneity to return to his life. So no blue pill, no surgery, no needles, and it, and a, a painless uh, procedure. Yeah, absolutely. There is no pain. There are no side effects, and there is no downtime, guys. The average guy is going to need several treatments over the course of the two- to three-week period. Those treatments last about 15 minutes each. That's it. And guys, it's non invasive We put a small device on top of the skin. That device will deliver the pressure waves to the blood vessels, and that's what helps to repair and open up those blood vessels. So it's a very simple process, and it doesn't take a whole lot of time to get the results. 801-901-8000. Call right now. 801-901-8000. Right here on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts.